I already deserve. I don't have to prove that I deserve. I'm already deserving. I'm already there. Honey, I don't have a sugar daddy. <laughs> If I was to have a sugar daddy, honey, guess what? I could go out there and get it because what? Because why? Because I'm fucking sickening, bitch. <laughs> you could never have a sugar daddy. You'll never be glamour. Wakey. I thought you said something else. Uh, I catch flights, but I don't catch my own feelings. I'm not aware of my own feelings, but guess what? Stop becoming aware of them. Stop becoming aware of others and aware of yourself amongst others and um, in, in the midst of others, in the midst of other people's world. And um, take your world with you and carry it with you. But me, be mindful of other people's worlds. Because we all live in our own world. We live in parallel realities. Yeah, we somehow meet somewhere. Not in the middle, but somewhere along the way. So, uh, why do I look like a surfer today? Why do I look like a surfer? I have a surfer type of style of hair and just, uh... by Othelo, I still don't know how to pronounce it, Othelo, 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 beats on YouTube, more mindfully spelled O-T-H-E-L, 
I can't remember the rest. I don't remember the rest. But you know your Greek mythology. If you know your Greek mythology, you you'll be able to to work it out yourself. Hot beats. Someone saying hot beats. Hot beats in the hot sea. With them, um, too many hot, unseen, <laughs> not to be believed. Again, right. Yeah, someone might ask, why do you do this to yourself? And uh, what I have to say to them is that, again, it's not me as the central uh, focus of my personality, who I am right now, but it's this other part within me that has developed and learned to cope and l- figured uh, uh, it out uh, that the only way to cope Uh, over a given a specific amount of time of a specific period with a specific type of stress and pressure uh, that the only way to cope was to engage in specific behaviors which are starvation uh, addiction everything uh revolving around food yet not uh allowing it to have it and um over exercising not sleeping and ignoring um natural natural body kind of naturally occurring body uh, sensations bodily sensations and needs um, because when one fully accepts their hunger cues they will accept other naturally occurring um, in the body uh intentions so that's what anorexia is anorexia nervosa i can't i can't really speak uh for anorexia i know it's different but i know what anorexia nervosa is so that's it long story short uh the nutcracker nutshell crack cracking story of it all is it worth it I don't know. Long term it is because it's teaching me a lesson. Not in the uh, kind of probationary punishing, uh, uh, you know, way of uh, learning the harsh, you know, hard way, uh, you know, type of lesson. But it's teaching me that I'm not one person and that uh, we are split and fragmented within because in childhood we experience something called conflict without resolve which is trauma 
So anything that we couldn't resolve between the ages of zero and eight, seven, eight, um, what we did, we internalized it and uh, um, we suppressed it, denied, rejected and disowned it. Uh, in other words, we moved it to a part within ourselves, which it's called the subconscious self or the subconscious mind, and we locked it away, but we didn't throw the key. And in adulthood, uh, we stumbled upon it again um, because other people mirrored it in uh, relationships to them. Primarily romantic relationships. After the infatuation stage in the relationship, um, the, the other person will start mirroring parts within ourselves that we suppressed and that, uh, that we fear the most in other people and that we are kind of repulsed the most and we have the most hostility in other people. Think about one thing that you hate the most in other people that is the part within you that exists within you yet you continue to not see it and uh, to invalidate it now the average person is walking around um, with a minimum of probably 20 20 different mini um, selves within them which is to say that, yes, everyone has a multiple personality disorder. It's just uh, some of us uh, are more aware to... Uh, in, we are more aware in, in terms of... I explained this before, the, the transitioning between one part and the other. So I'm aware that five minutes ago, I was the angry Alexandra. And now I'm the uh, physically very unwell and associated Alexandra. So I'm aware of the, the gap between them two and how I transition from one to the other. So then I don't have to name the first one so that I separate it and I analyze it against the other. Um, those who are diagnosed with multiple personality disorder are not aware and they have to be diagnosed in order for them to uh, become more conscious and to come into acceptance with these parts within them that take over does that make sense? Gently reminder that it's summertime and uh, women can wear whatever the fuck they want uh, and uh, carry out and carry themselves and carry their bodies uh, however the fuck they want without being or fearing or Kind of walking of or walking on eggshells um, um, as to 
anxiously continue to fear uh, someone's scrutiny. probationary criticism we don't care about your opinion we don't live for you and our bodies belong to us and uh, they represent our ecosystem and the world that we live in uh, we don't have to um, appeal to you or in any way shape or form um, ask for your approval Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the drama. Life is a drama. And in order to be able to live and go out in the world and carry yourself out uh, amongst others, you need to be able to make a fool out of yourself. You need to be able to be silly and play this game of hide and seek. Here I am. Here I'm not. Should I stay or should I go? To be or not to be? <laughs> there's no, there's, there aren't really any good questions um, or philosophical questions, I guess. But the best question is, should we really commit suicide? <laughs> That's the real question to ask. But then, but then Alan Watts does a twist on this. Alan Watts says... Well, <clears throat> forget about Camus' philosophical question on existentialism and the idea of staying here or staying with it here, holding tight here. The real question is, is he going to get better? <laughs> and uh, from someone who's been uh, in the worst places, um the opposite spectrum of the uh, eternal consciousness within and without, which is hospitals, addictions, relationship addictions, unfulfillment, hatred, um, worthlessness, emptiness, loneliness. It does get better. And the better it gets, the better it gets. The better it gets, the better it gets. The, be the better, better and better. And that's it. And that's the drama. Now, are you going to stay here to um, experience the betterness of it? I, 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 do we still in in the midst of it? Do we have to hold tight and wait for it? Don't wait for it. Make it happen. And uh, you know, when we're children, uh, we get we get asked a lot: What do you want to become, or who do you want to be when you grow up? And guess what? That's not a relevant question, because that only implies the exterior and exter uh, uh, external um, package and you know rap rapping of of oneself um my problem is um and was growing up um not what i was going to become but how that might make me feel how do i feel not who, who so uh, in, intrinsically and inherently what someone might look like to others 
professionally, financially, emotionally, physically, relationally, socially, um, it doesn't matter because it's fully dependent on how they feel. Now, how do I really want to feel and how do I feel? And that's, that is what matters. And guess what? When you start feeling better, your external reality improves. You, you won't be on the side of the road in a tent for too long, for much longer. <laughs> because you've embraced it <laughs> and it feels good, regardless. You could be in a state of bliss on a park bench like Eckhart Tolle for two years. And guess what? Eckhart Tolle is a multi-billionaire at the moment. A multi-billionaire. So um, that didn't really matter. Because what really matters, again, is if I feel good or not in any given moment. How do I feel? And that's all I care about. Pronunciation. What is the correct pronunciation of Otello, Otilo, Othiolo? (laughs) And that's it. Does it feel good to mispronounce words? Yes, it does. Because we are turning something very serious into uh, something uh, comic and comedic and that's the drama so if there's a conflict within that's uh, unresolved with between the the female part within themselves and the male part within themselves as a result of them having suffered mother trauma which is a trauma or conflict that they couldn't resolve with regards to the female figure in the house or whoever cared for them could be their auntie their grandmother maybe uh uh you know a female you know their sibling (laughs) then if there's a conflict within that's not addressed and not even observed and, uh, you know, accepted and um, validated, we call it in psychology, which is a very important concept in, you know, towards uh, to, to facilitate healing, then they will perpetuate the same conflict within uh, in relationship in, in a relationship to uh, females, right? So, and then they suddenly wonder why they can't really make their relationship work. And, 
you know, it's not really working out and you know they can't really understand females and women you know suddenly women are complicated and um you know there's intermittency and inconsistency and betrayal and uh lack of trust lack of trust which is the worst to deal with because they don't trust the female part within themselves and they constantly bulldoze it um the concept of bulldozing is very used in families subconsciously or i think uh primarily uh, i think it's half-hearted it's it's consciously and subconsciously used uh so but it's all direct uh neglect and abuse and neglect is abuse so people with eating disorder adults who develop eating disorders they grew up in families where their needs wants desires likes and dislikes which is the concept of boundaries were constantly bulldozed they were not allowed to uh, autonomously and independently shape and form their own independency around what they liked versus to what they disliked so uh for example when i was uh, little um i liked um chocolate ice cream i like the magnum you know with a hazelnut covered and like nuts i like nuts with chocolate and um you know um different types of kind of text chocolate textures and maybe coffee i loved coffee I mean, yeah, so, and um, so many times I had my dad, you know, take me to, to like an ice cream stand or store or, you know, uh, into a shop and then, you know, say things like, no, you're getting this ice cream. And I'm like, no, I want to get that one. And they're like, no, you're getting this one. So it's with small things like that, um, Uh, whereby the child what they do uh, they separate themselves from what they truly need and they adopt their parents likes and dislikes reason why you see a lot of children literally acting and being uh, you know uh, acting out uh, as the miniature version of their parent i see this a lot with um, single mothers yeah it's very very common and uh yeah it's um people have this idea also that boundaries that walls that we put up in order to defend and protect ourselves but boundaries are nothing more than likes and dislikes for example i like to wake up to a very strong double triple espresso blonde roast from starbucks that is my boundary Someone else might like, uh, I don't know, a very scrumptious, uh, you know, coffee, cream, cookie thing. I don't know. Or they might not drink coffee. And that's where we kind of get ourselves, uh, you know, and we complicate things in relationships. That's why it gets complicated. Even though this this complication and this drama of it getting complicated um, seems like it's coming from very simple things. But boundaries are very simple. 
Well, we are taught that it's not as simple because we were not directly allowed to adopt our own autonomous likes and dislikes. So it became very complicated. Following someone else's dreams and uh, endeavors and, you know, mental visualized scenarios of what they want to do and who they want to be, it can be very complicated and very, you know... Um, very uh, you know it takes a lot of effort to do that it's almost like you're idolizing and you're you're idolizing someone else and someone else's uh uh lifestyle model but yeah but fuck that this is where we need to be more careful with how we uh, affect children and how we parent them because the children of today are the adults of tomorrow. And guess what? You know, uh, they're the ones, you know, working in, in the hospitality industry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all these other industries that we depend on. So, yeah. Just be kind to your children. Allow them to be and develop their own likes and dislikes. And grow together rather than stunting their growth uh, to favorize your own, but you're not really favorizing it because what you're doing is you're glorifying um, your own kind of existence um, over theirs in a dictatorship uh, environment style and model, which is uh, in return, uh, your children will grow up to hate you and to rebel against you and if your children rebel against you it means that they see you as the oppressor and not the mentor or the you know the friend that they always needed or the protector how about we become the protector of our children rather than uh, their dictators go straight to the source how about you directly chase the, the, the feeling good and you're only concerned about feeling good at any given moment rather than chase activities that might people places that you think that might make you feel good? Huh? How about we do that? And guess what? I can feel good at home in a seat listening to uh, buck roll beats because I can because it does make me feel good rather than think that I have to do this and do that and uh, you know follow others and follow other people's dreams and likes and dislikes and passions and hobbies and uh, you know habits and convenience and comfort and in order to to find out that that's not what I really want and to you know be forced to move in the direction of what I really want because I saw that what I don't want is what I don't want so we play non-bliss in order to experience bliss yeah you're not the only one who's conflicted about that I'm conflicted about ordering a pizza overall i'm conflicted about the 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 way the, the the concept of pizza 
flour, oil, salt, white flour, water. Do I really want that in my stomach? No. I could just directly eat the vegetables. And, um, yeah, with a nice lemony, uh, lemony, lemon pesto, lemony snicket, snippet, pesto, raw vegan. So, yeah, um, follow your own trail rather than others. Because eventually you will get to a point and you'll get somewhere where you will... It will be too clear and very clear that you don't want what others want. And that what you want is what you want. And, um, yeah. That's where you will... That's when you, you will probably start living rather than coping. Because we don't want to cope. We want to live. We don't want to cope, we want to thrive. You've been starving yourself for way too long, darling. It's time for you to eat, so I will make it so and such. I will set you up to, into a space where you... You're only going to think about food. You're only going to manage and uh, construct and create your day around the concept of food. And um, you will, uh, you know, eventually eat. So I have no choice. I am uh, literally in a, in, in, a, in a space where we call it the refeeding space, where um, I am reduced to... the basics of just feeding myself and dealing with the complications on a physical mental and emotional level uh, that come with it so I'm I'm basically a toddler in recovery food recovery and uh, I know a lot of people who struggle with uh, food and behaviors around food and um yeah somehow relate to this and uh the worst thing that you can do in recovery uh is to resist the famine that uh, you have put yourself in um so i've i think before i used to before i used to kind of resist it more than now and i realized that the more i resist it the more i eat And when I say the more I eat, I don't mean I binge, no, I just, and it's more distressing for me as well, the whole experience is very distressing, so then that sets me up to starve myself again, you know, because the experience of eating is so distressing, so then when I do eat, you know, it's just, uh, uh, it's, it's in a completely and totally chaotic and out of control experience where, uh, I'm, I don't even remember it, I guess it's that, uh, visceral, I don't even remember it, um, so, the best thing that you can, can do for yourself, if you're in anorexia nervosa recovery, or, or any other eating disorder recovery, is to, um, allow yourself, and, uh, you know, ride the wave of, uh, acting on how starved, and famine, and famished you are, 
because the more you resist the more distressing it's going to be for you and the longer the recovery process is going to be so free yourself from resistance and I guess this applies to people on a day-to-day basis you have to allow this resistance to things that 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 you have because that's what's uh um creating conflict within you know i really want this but i don't really want it i don't really want the you know that it comes with this and i i don't and you're just always living life in between split so the first thing that people have to or can do uh, to make their experience just a little bit better is to uh, release their uh, whatever uh, level of resistance they have to it, whatever that is. Uh, A person, an experience, an activity, uh, anything. That's it. Bish.